Liran Hirschkorn, your host of the e-commerce mindset podcast. And this is an episode that you will want to uh, listen to if you are advertising on uh, Amazon. I interview co-president of Perpetua, Adam Epstein. We talk about the evolution of both Amazon advertising as well as the evolution of tools, including uh, Perpetua over the last few years, why Perpetua has shifted and moved away from uh, being an AI tool. Uh, or at least saying that they're an AI tool, and what else is coming down the pike this year with advertising, including intraday API, which um, I, th- I think you'll want to learn more about and listen to in this podcast episode. The podcast is sponsored by IncrementumDigital.com. Incrementum Digital is my Amazon-focused marketing agency. I just got a message last week from one of our clients that says, I just want to take a moment to thank you for helping us reach the heights we've reached. It would not have been an option without your um, agency. Uh, We just got off a call with one of our fastest growing brand partnerships. They were amazed by what we've done from an Amazon advertising standpoint. Again, thank you. You can visit incrementumdigital.com to reach out to us to speak with us regarding your Amazon advertising. The podcast is also sponsored by 8fig.co. 8fig helps you by providing providing you supply chain planning tools, as well as the growth capital behind that. You can check out 8fig.co. Enjoy this podcast episode with Adam Epstein of Perpetua. Okay, so today on the podcast, we have with us Adam Epstein. Adam is the co-president of Perpetua and uh, has been, we've been working closely for the last uh, few years uh, as, as we use Perpetua as our main tool for uh, Amazon uh, advertising. Uh, Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you, Luron. We made it. We're here. We made so it. We're here. It's only, this is going to be a great It's only taken uh, uh, a few years, but we're, uh, we're here. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to have you on and talk. You have, uh, I feel like you and uh, Perpetua as a whole, have a lot of insights that uh, the average seller may not necessarily be able to see because you're seeing things on a kind of macro uh, picture that's happening across a lot, a lot of Amazon brands that, that are working with Perpetua, both uh, big and small. So I think there's some you know interesting perspectives that sellers can get from uh, from this uh, conversation. I certainly um, hope so. I'll try, um, be, I'll try and be moderately insightful and hopefully entertaining as well. Okay. All right. Um, so let's, I guess, uh, dive into a little bit. You you recently just put out a video, um, and if you're not following Adam, following him on on LinkedIn and and Instagram, um, you you put out a video talking about uh, Amazon for the first time actually put out their actual advertising revenue. So previously, Amazon would put this out as kind of like other in the other category, and advertising was in there, and you can kind of you know uh deduce everyone like, knew other was probably 90 plus percent advertising no one right. knew that it was advertising right so why now in terms of why now actually put it out as like its own category yeah so i have a few theories about this and uh one is that amazon stock means a lot for both existing employees and people that care about Amazon. That could be people that invest in Amazon by way of partnering with them for advertising for AWS or for the marketplace. And there are a lot, and I think Amazon's one of the largest employers in the US and maybe the world as well. So there's a lot riding in the financial well-being of Amazon as a company. And for the first time since I can remember, Amazon stock was down 20% in a 365-day period, which is obviously bad. Now, look, a lot of tech stocks have been doing really, really bad in the past two months, in particular, Mm -hmm. Amazon as well. But a lot of tech stocks did particularly well this past year, um, regardless of the markdown that just recently happened. And I think that Amazon needed good news. And they needed good news to tell to the world and to the market. And what better news to tell? And they were keeping this as like a as a wild card in their back pocket than reporting their ad revenue as a standalone entity. And the numbers were fantastic: nine point seven billion in revenue in Q four, thirty one billion in revenue in twenty twenty one, and 
uh, that ends up being a, almost a $40 billion run rate. Wouldn't be surprised if it's $40 billion in 2022. And, you know, we talk about how you and I have worked together for a long time now, but when I joined Perpetua a little over three years ago, I was talking to our, co our founder and, and uh, CEO, a guy named Roscoe Hill. And I hadn't known Roscoe and I was chatting with him for a better part of two weeks nonstop to see if this was a good opportunity for the both of us. And he said, like, why do you want to, why do you want to join this? Um, and I had known his partner and uh, our co-president, Joe Rideout, for a while. And notwithstanding working with Joe, I said, look, Roscoe, I don't think in the history of the world had there ever been a double-digit billion-dollar category growing 100% year-on-year at the world's largest company, which basically described Amazon ads at the moment. And this is a little over three years ago in which the growth rate was 100% year-on-year, and it was about 10 to $15 billion in revenue. Well, things have doubled since. And Amazon is showing no signs of slowing down. And, you know, the most remarkable thing that I think about the earnings call yesterday is that I actually don't think it's that impressive. I think that... Uh, Amazon could have had a better quarter as everyone that's been close to Amazon over the past six months knows there's been, or e-commerce in general, there's been significant supply chain issues. And unlike other advertising businesses, ads on Amazon are linearly tied to the supply chain issues. So marketplace sales have a direct correlation to advertising revenue. It's pay-per-click ads and you spend more on those clicks when you're driving sales in them. And when people aren't clicking because there isn't inventory, there's a lack of advertising revenue the same way there's a lack of sales. And Amazon has said it themselves that there are significant supply chain issues that's hindering their ability to grow in these this quarter, next quarter, and Q3 as well. And were it not for those supply chain issues, I think that Amazon's ad business and Amazon's business in general would have done really, really well and even better than they and had they announced uh, yesterday. So uh, it was a really exciting announcement. Uh, I'm really happy to be a part of this space. It's been a whirlwind three and a half years. I'm sure you're pretty happy being a part of this space, Leron. It's yeah. been a whirlwind few years for you as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that the announcement yesterday was just like validation of you know, all of these people that have been fortunate enough to ride this tidal wave of opportunity, it's kind of a official pronouncement of, a, okay, we're here, we're legit. And, um, and I'm excited to see what the next three or four so, years hold. So now, you know, it's an interesting perspective because you as a, um, you know, software advertising, automated advertising solution in the, in the space, is excited. Um, perhaps I'm excited as a, as an agency that helps, uh, you know, brands with managed advertising, uh, using Perpetua as well, uh, is excited about the the growth of advertising, but how about sellers? I mean, do you, do you think there's a point that Amazon has to kind of, you know, pull back a little bit from all the placements? Like there's so many ads on the platform. It's, it, it's harder you know, is there is there a kind of a balance? And, and even from, my, I guess, from a customer experience, people seeing more, let's say, products that don't deserve to be there on their own, right, that that aren't showing up organically, but you're sort of paying for that spot. Um, and it may not be the top product with the most reviews. That's the best selling because somebody is just very aggressive there. So, you know, how should sellers kind of feel about this news? OK, the Amazon advertising business is growing, but like, you know. Are, are sellers directly benefiting or would you say sellers are like, okay, great. Amazon's making all this money, but it's getting more, more challenging for us. Like as a brand owner, how do you think you would kind of view what's happening? And, and like, do you think that Amazon needs to, you know, we'll need to make some modifications if, you know, cost per click kind of in, continues to rise and it starts to get more challenging for brands. So I think it's important to keep this in perspective with uh, the world of total retail and not just Amazon sellers, third-party marketplace only. You know, if I wanted to start a business today selling some sort of item, of course, I would go to Amazon very quickly as a means of generating sales, but I wouldn't be able to get into any store in North America or any store in the world with a snap of a finger. Right. Not only would I need to invest in sales, I would need to invest in marketing and the world of shopping. So I'm, I'm, many people do know this, but many people don't. The world of shopper marketing, wherein brands pay stores to be on the shelf, literally just to be on the shelf with proper placement, end cap placement is a $100 billion industry. 
Right. And then the other really interesting thing is that many people spend about 10 to 20% of their total sales back into shopper marketing. That seems to be the global benchmark for shopper marketing. Well, I know of another industry in which people tend to reinvest 10 to 20% of their total sales into another thing that leads to more sales, which is sponsored ad or DSP advertising on Amazon. Liren, you right. work with tons of, of brands and sellers, you know, your ideal tacos, there's no ideal tacos, but you know, for the most part, a healthy tacos is in the 10 to 20% range, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Our average is about 13% right now. And, you know, if you're in a consumable, you know, kind of product, you're, you're higher, you know, and, and obviously if you, if you're, if your product is more mature, you know, with 10,000 reviews leading the category, you can, you could probably be lower, but yeah, it's, it's, it's right in the range. So, so this is a global phenomenon for retail and e-commerce in general. So while it's quick to complain about the rising cost of Amazon advertising, if you wanted to be in a store, you would have to pay similar amounts and those stores don't, you're not able to get in those stores. It's very hard to get in those stores and, uh, and you're not able to operate as quickly as possible if you want to be in those stores. So, so the world of retail and the world of e-commerce is very much pay to play. This isn't new. Right. So, so regardless of whether, you know, people want to be advertising or people don't want to be advertising, they have to pay to play. The other thing that I think is really important to know is that rising CPCs are actually a positive sig signal. And this might seem counterintuitive, but Amazon isn't the ones create like individual, there isn't a person on the Amazon ads team who is turning up the lever and ra right. rising CPCs. You, it's you an pick auction behind there, you know. <laughs> with, his, with his evil laugh, just like, yeah, out. he's not the Wizard of Oz rising CPCs on sponsored product ads, but right. we advertisers, brand sellers, we are the ones rising CPCs. We are in an auction amongst each other. And the reason why it's a positive signal is that people wouldn't bid higher on CPCs were they not to believe that there will be a profitable sale at the end of that click. So look, people do have unprofitable advertising strategies at times, but it's not sustainable. Those aren't sustainable. And rising CPCs are a function of a healthy marketplace dynamic in which these ads are continue to be highly profitable, continue to be highly fruitful, and people are spending more and more on the same placements. And uh, and that makes and that makes a lot of sense. And and yeah, I guess you know if there were to come a time where people are bidding up so much that businesses become unprofitable, the market would work itself back down to a point where it does make sense. Right. So you of can course. kind of see, like the, the market determines it and people are still making enough money where the CPCs are, are justified. And, and like you said, as far as like profitable sales, the, the only place where really that is sort of, let's say sustainable is when, you know, you have a, a, a repeat uh, customer base that, you know, you, you figure, you know, we, we have clients that say, okay, uh, we know that we can go up to an 80% A cost because, you know, in, in six months, um, that we're, we're profitable on that, on those purchases, because we know our repeat purchase rates and, and we're happy to acquire those, uh, those, those customers. And, and that's why CPCs in those categories are also, uh, ju justified. Um, and it's actually an interesting point that you, that you bring up. Um, I actually had a, a meeting with Perpetua this morning. And one of the things that came up is that it sounds to me like Walmart is going to move from a, uh, I guess, first priced auction to a second priced auction, if I have that correct, um, where, where it's going to follow the same model as Amazon. Um, but it's unlike that right now. Is that, are you, are you aware of this? We are aware that Walmart, well, look, the CRO of Walmart Connect is a guy named Seth Dallaire who used to work at Amazon ads, who then was the CRO of Instacart ads, who quickly then moved to Walmart Connect. And the moment he took over Instacart ads, he went on podcast video series saying the first thing that I did was introduce a second price auction on Instacart ads. And the reason being, he wants advertisers to feel a sense of trust, to feel a sense of comfort. Being in a first priced auction can be scary. You can spend a lot of money on nothing and have a very bad experience. And no advertising platform 
that's building long-term advocates and building long-term customers wants people to have that scary, terrible experience. So I'm not here to comment on what Walmart will or will not do, but Seth's playbook is one of the first things that he introduces is a second price auction. So I would probably guess sometime in 2022, Walmart will have a second price auction. Right, which is great news because for, for those that, that don't know on, on Walmart, if my competitor is bidding 50 cents and I bid a dollar, I'm going to pay a dollar. Uh, unlike on Amazon, where I would be paying you know, 51 cents, right? And I, I could be more comfortable to go and say, yeah, I want top of search and I'll just put you know a high bid and I know I'm not going to pay that. It's why you see a big gap between bid and cost per click. Uh, on Walmart, you don't do that. And actually the, the Perpetua um, algorithm for Walmart is particularly built to optimize for that where you have a bid and then the bid starts to drop down until you kind of lose placement and you get it back. And so it's built to optimize for it, uh, which is great and why it's important to to be working with the right tools. Um, but obviously, you know, the, the the Amazon model sounds to me like it's a much more fair system for for brands. And, you know, if Walmart wants to compete and get those sellers over, they should they should, you know, operate the same way. So um, I was really glad to hear that, um, you know, we may see that uh, we, we may we may see that, uh, you know, um, happening. So, um, Adam, let's talk a little bit about about Perpetua. When um, I first started using um, Perpetua, I think this is in 20. 19 or even spring 2019 it's a little less three years ago spring 2019 um we started using perpetua perpetua um you know their sort of the the slogan was that we are an ai tool and uh last time i saw you were like we're we're not an ai tool so what you know let's talk about that why why you know why was it kind of the 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 model of, you know, sort of the slogan of the, like what we do, it's like AI. And now we're saying like, it's not exactly AI. So there's someone that I respect in this space, a guy named Patrick Miller, who I work with now, who's co-president of Essentials Digital Commerce Arm, who's very familiar with all the software products in this space. And one of the things that he says is there is an inverse correlation to the amount that a company says they use AI to the actual AI actually being used uh-huh. at that company uh-huh. except for perpetua we're the only one with like true machine learning and ai and uh while we are happy with that compliment i think right. that there's been a change in the industry over the past three years in which people are becoming significantly more sophisticated and not uh, in turn with that sophistication people are adopting their own types of strategies and their own type their own ways to execute on amazon and our product initially relied a lot on quote unquote ai and a lot of on controls that we had preset for people um ways of structuring campaigns the way that we set for people because we had learned we had actually managed a couple seller accounts as well and spoke to hundreds of sellers at the time and we had learned that those were best practices but you know fast forward now three years the world of amazon advertising has become significantly more complex and there's a high degree of flexibility that's required in each individual seller agency whomever that may be in executing the strategy that they want One of the things that I say to our team is we are no longer the arbiters of good. We don't Mm -hmm. determine what good advertising strategy is. We may have thought we did in the past, but ultimately the arbiter of good is our end customer. And we are just here to provide the picks and shovels for them to seize the opportunity of e-commerce and advertising and retail media. And so with that in mind, we wanted to provide a significantly higher degree of control, a significantly higher degree of flexibility, and significantly higher degree of explainability to many of our customers. And this notion of AI kind of runs counter to those three things that I just mentioned, control, explainability, and flexibility, in which whereas AI may have been used as a marketing tactic three years ago, which people are like, I want AI, AI is cool, we're investing in this incredible machine learning team at Perpetua, which is true. We have an incredible machine learning team. I think that at the moment, AI becomes a little too synonymous with lack of control, notion of a black box, and a lack of flexibility in the way in which campaigns and strategies are executed. 
And so we've made a very conscious effort to move away from that messaging because I don't think that that's what our product represents today, nor do we want that to be where our product goes in the near future. We want a sophisticated advertiser like yourself, Liron, who knows exactly how you want to execute Amazon strategy and you leverage our software by way of the tools and the means of controlling campaigns within our software that is fundamentally powered by an always on ad engine that is optimizing bids, placement, match types, all of the myriad of variables that make a successful advertising campaign with automation. So you're not making manual bid adjustments. You're not creating tons of rules, but there is underlying automation that we believe is a secret sauce that we built, but where it gets really compelling and where we, we want to build products and be at the, that like the fulcrum point of where this industry is going is where that automation intelligence and AI, in my opinion, or the notion of AI takes away from this notion of human intelligence. And we want to empower human intelligence. So we have automation, yes, but we also want our sophisticated advertisers that use our product every single day to feel empowered to do the strategies that they want and, and to allow them to demonstrate expertise in ways they're not able to do so on their own. Right. And it makes a lot of sense because, you know, I'll, I'll have calls with people and They'll tell me, well, why, why do you use Perpetua? And like, why, you know, maybe I should just use, use it on my own. Um, and, you know, I'll kind of say there are some tools out there that uh, I would never use because they give me very little control on what I can do. Like they tell me, here's a, you know, put in a budget, put in target A costs and like, that's it. I can't do anything else. I'm like, well, then what's my role in trying to help you? But what we like about Perpetua is that it gives us a high degree of control. If I want to take a particular keyword and i want to say this keyword you know what perpetua don't do any bid optimization I, I just want to pay five bucks and don't touch it or if i if i want to say i want to pay whatever the algorithm thinks i need to pay to be at this a cost but you know what take that and double that for the next week because i want to run an experiment i could do that and so uh for us it's it's a tool that gives us the automation and efficiencies around things like bid adjustments um and things like keyword harvesting um, so those keywords that are converting, I want them added back to the campaign from auto or from broad or from, um, from phrase. Um, so it does the things that are important for me that are repetitive tasks that save me time. But if I want to take 15 keywords and put each of those in their own campaign with uh, top of search placement, I can do that. If I want to bundle them all together in one campaign, I could do that. Um, and again, I can kind of control the level of bidding strategy and, um, more and more are, uh, things that we're seeing that are, um, you know, that are, that are coming down. Um, I don't know how much I can, I can share, but you know, we more can, and more. We can, we, can, we can say things. We can say, uh, this is where we should share things. So, so more and more. So, so to our, our meeting today with Perpetua was about, you know, the ability to just tell the algorithm, look, I want to be in position number one, two, three, or four in top of search. Um, and, you know, I'm not giving you a bid or an A cost. I just want that position. It's important for me to be in that position. And then the engine does, you know, everything else um, for me. Because uh, if I put a bid and a certain top of search multiplier, well, five competitors come in, bid higher than me, and I lose that, I might not notice for two, three days. Now I have lost sales because I'm, I launched a new product and my goal is to be in that position. And so uh, there, is, there is a sort of constant innovation that uh, Perpetua is putting into place. And um, I, I would say we work closely, you know, uh, we said, great, this looks great, but here's the other 10 things we want added to this thing. And, uh, you know, being, being a, 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 good, a good friend and, and customer and a, like power user of the software, uh, many times our suggestions are listened to and put on a roadmap, sometimes, sometimes not, but um, we get to kind of participate in, in how the, uh, the, the evolution of the tool um, and listening to what our ad managers, what our customers want, want to do, and then being able to help kind of shape and, um, you know, and, um, and, and implement that. Um, a couple of things that are, that are, um, on, on the let's, let's talk about that for a second. Cause, yeah. cause this is, a, this is a fun thing that I'm quite passionate about at the moment that, um, every good software company does, but I'm particularly intrigued by how we can continue to listen to agencies like yourself feedback to make our product better. So as you know, I'm relatively new to the world of advertising. I'm 
before Perpetua, I started a couple of companies. I worked for a large Indian fintech company that went public recently that uh, right before joining. And so I, I'm, I'm new to this space. I now have spoken to become friends with people that have been living in the world of advertising for 25 years. And from what I gather about, let's call it 10 years ago, programmatic advertising and the ability to buy ads online was a bit of a wild west it was this new thing there were tons of players in the space there was new dsps coming out every week there was tons of competition um, but one company won one company became the gold standard and just became the way and that company is the trade desk trade desk is probably the most successful independently owned i.e non-walled garden advertising technology company in the world so 40 ish billion dollar market cap company that's been doing exceptionally well the past few years. What's a, what's a wild garden? Wild garden would be the advert, the advertising platforms itself. So a Facebook, a Google and Amazon. And the reason why people call it a wild garden is the first party data that lives inside those ecosystems never gets out the same right. way. Like you, you can't get data of how people are interacting with your ads from Amazon itself, notwithstanding Amazon Marketing Cloud, which we can get into a little bit, but um, it's a walled garden and that the data lives within Amazon and Amazon solely benefits from it. But Trade Desk isn't its own platform. People aren't going to the Trade Desk to purchase items or browse online right. or search like Google and Facebook. Uh, Trade Desk is just a means of purchasing advertising for primarily programmatic and now connected TV ads. And so they are the gold standard. You talk to any agency that buys programmatic ads or connected TV ads and they use the trade desk, they might use other DSPs for some other sort of thing, but for the most part, trade desk is a gold standard. And so I'm now interacting and sometimes hiring, but interacting with people that have been through this around and I and I try and learn from it because to be perfectly honest with you, this world of retail media looks a lot like the world of programmatic advertising 10 years ago. And so um, we have a lot of competitors. This is a really hot space. $40 billion in revenue has been created in, in Amazon advertising revenue in six to eight years and many other retailers and many other media companies are building out similar capabilities. And so I want to learn from how Trade Desk won so maybe we can win. I, I'm, I'm the first to admit we haven't won yet. We're, we're not the gold standard. Other, there are other products that other people use, um, and we haven't become the way. We very much aspirationally want to become the way. And so if you talk to people that have been through that programmatic advertising world, and you say, why did the trade desk win? Why did they win? And without fail, the people that I talk to say the exact same thing, and they say two things. One, the people that they work with, so the account managers, customer success managers are world-class, super, super smart, smart, amazing people. And that sounds simple, right? Hire amazing right. people and put them in front of your customers and empower them. But like, it's actually really hard to do, but Trade Desk has done an exceptional job of it. And the other thing that they say is the Trade Desk deeply understood who their customer was, listened to their customers, and built products and solved pain points for those customers. And that just snowballed. And then once that started to happen, there just started to be this evolution of product nuances that other people couldn't compete with and couldn't catch up with because they weren't iterating on that other feedback. Right. So we try and do that. I look, Liran, I know we don't listen to everything your team says, but we, we, or execute everything that you guys say, but we do listen and yes. we do, we do try and turn that into a better product every single day and every single week. And, and I think that that's how we can become the way and become the gold standard. And it's very important for us to stay very focused on, listen to exactly what our customers are telling us. Uh, because if we don't, if we believe that we have all the answers, which we absolutely do not, then we won't, we won't build the best possible product. So uh, we thank you for being an amazing customer and making us better. And we thank all of our customers. Um, and, uh, and we're excited for what the next little bit will hold, because as you mentioned, we got some fun things coming into the pipeline. Yeah. And, and, and part of your focus has been really to um, kind of partner with more agencies because you do see sort of the the benefit that yes, the software is good, 
But, you know, the software doesn't know that tomorrow is the beginning of Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, and that it needs to put in a specific strategy in place. Or, or the software doesn't know that, you know, uh, at least today, maybe in the future, that my inventory levels are low or how much is in my warehouse and what I'm about to send in and how to adjust strategies based on that. And that there is a, that, that the best, uh, the, the people that are going to get the best performance out of the software are those that are using software plus human intelligence and kind of the, uh, you know, part of, part of what Perpetua is looking to do is partner and work with more agencies because they know that uh, the good ones at least are going to um, have, have more uh, experience with the tool and be able to implement uh, strategies for their, for their clients and that you kind of need both. You can't just set it and forget it. Um, you can, but you'll get, you know, 50% or 60% of what you could get if you, uh, you know, actually put in strategies and, and managed within the options that the tool allows you to do. That's correct. And, and I think it's important to understand that when we first started building products for Amazon advertising, it was just sponsored product ads. When we first started working together, like, I think we just launched a sponsored brand product. Right. And yep. you fast forward now three years, there's sponsored product, there's sponsored brand, there's sponsored display, sponsored brand video, there's new metrics coming out every single week, there's DSP, there's OTT, there's Amazon Marketing Cloud. It's that weren't there, that, you know. Locked. Exactly. It's impossible for the same person that was manually managing these campaigns or even using a software tool three years ago to do this particularly well at scale without dedicating 100% of your time to it. And so we've recognized that as complexity has grown and as new retailers and new marketplaces have begun to proliferate, there is more need for agencies than ever before. And so we really leaned into that. And look, we've seen it with our own metrics. We track agencies' revenue as a percentage of revenue every single month. And we look at that metric and that has been climbing every single month for the past two and a half years. And we're at about 40% right now. 40% of our revenue comes from agencies. 55% uh, comes from brands and sellers direct and 5% comes from aggregators, which is also a growing category, but right. we won't get into aggregators right now. Right. And so- they, they, they Most handholding. <laughs> <laughs> for us, we recognize that it's very, very important to introduce more levers, more metrics, more ways for agencies to be better agencies and demonstrate expertise to their clients for us to be the best possible company. And when I say listen to your customers, hey, you know, our fastest growing customer segment, our agencies, these are the people that we need to be listening to. So, you know, I'm not here to talk about my our competitors, but one of the things that's quite clear is that every single one of our in our space have invested in their own managed services. Mm -hmm. And, and we find that antithetical to, to the type of business that we want to run, because why would we compete with the very people that we're trying to empower? Right? Why would we create a services arm when we should be just focusing on building the best possible software for those services? And so we have very, very intentionally said no to many, many customers who have asked, hey, why don't you just do this as managed? We, we really like your software. We really like you guys and girls. Um, why don't you guys just do it? And we say no. So instead, look, we last year, you've seen it. We created an agency marketplace where any one of our customers who are recognizing that they can't do this on their own and they need help can come to any one of our preferred agencies. And we heavily vetted that list of agencies to ensure it's agencies that are widely using our product, that are training their team, that have super low churn rates and high customer satisfaction, Incrementum Digital being one of those agencies. And we've sought ways to empower our agencies by sending them more business, by building better products for them, and being very conscious of focusing on what we do best, which is building software products and adapting our product strategy to focus on agencies in particular. So that's not to ostracize the brands and sellers that work for, with us right now. Look, right. The majority of our revenue comes from brands and sellers direct at the moment. Um, but, but we do believe that for us to become the gold standard in the business that we want to be, 
uh, focusing on agencies is a, is a priority for us. And in my opinion, uh, if you're a brand and seller that are using the tool directly, then it's great. You know, you stay, stay on top of it, educate yourself, learn how to use it, train, train a team or, or do it on your own, depending on your size. But if, if you're able to do that, then you could probably save some money and it's great. If you are, if you hate doing it, right. And you want to focus on product development and that's your secret sauce, then outsource it, right? Like, uh, focus on what you do best, what you enjoy doing in the business. And, you know, you can get the same results as any agency. If you put in the time and learn, you know, how to, how to best maximize the, the use of the, uh, of the tool. So, you know, I, I don't think that you have to be working with us or any other agency in order to get, uh, results. It's just um, understanding and putting in the time on how to best utilize the tool to to get the results that you're trying to get for your, uh, you know, for your for your business. Um, so um, let's talk a little bit about some other things coming and and you know what I, I would have said you know if you asked me maybe up until sometime recently that you know if you had two or three products not that not that much going on like not that much in terms of management that maybe managing manually versus using software is not necessarily you know, not necessarily as important to use software, but there's some things that are coming down the pike. Uh, for example, um, hourly data from Amazon that's coming through the API that I think will give anybody that is utilizing software that has that available um, and can take insights from it uh, an unfair advantage, especially especially when it rolls out initially. Because we know I, like like sponsored brand videos, we loved it when it rolled out. We're getting, you know, 10 cent clicks. Amazon eventually took away the ability to even have a 10 cent click. We're getting 25 cent clicks and amazing a cost until there was more adoption and cost per click, cost per click went up. So there's some there's some uh, interesting things that are coming down the pike. Maybe you can share a little bit. Um, I, I shared a little bit of this with some sellers I I, uh, I was with this week um, uh, at an event and they were amazed to see, you know, that, that, that this is coming out. They're really excited. They're like, it's about time, you know. Um, so maybe we could talk a little bit about what's coming and um, maybe how or why particularly you're kind of getting access to this. Sure. So as you alluded to, anytime that there's a new ad unit or new tactic or a new metric that Amazon provides, there are unfair advantages for first movers. A really great example is when there's a new app auction for a new ad unit. So yeah, sponsored brand video when it first launched, you know, uh, CPCs were a, f a third or like even cheaper than sponsored product ads, same click-through rate, or sorry, 4X higher click-through rate, same conversion rate as a traditional sponsored product ad. And there was an, a, a significant early mover advantage to adopting that. And so, um, you know, as many technology partners exist in this space, we get access to a lot of APIs from Amazon and we're really excited by an API that's coming out that provides real-time performance data. So real-time data on advertising performance, sales, cost per click, placements, everything. And so this has been kind of a holy grail of Amazon advertising for as long as I can remember, this notion of intraday optimization. And Anyone that said that they've done intraday optimization prior to this, to be honest, has probably been lying or they've probably been using a very limited day parting strategy using audience insights from the DSP. But now for the first time, advertisers will be able to genuinely see cost per click, conversion rate, sales, scale by way of the number of clicks, time of day for product campaign that they have in the not too distant future via this new readily available API that we're pretty early on that we're starting to get some of our advertisers access to. And once you get that data, it's a pretty incredible data set because you can begin to adjust. So people have, have referred to like day parting as a strategy in which people say, you know, uh, day parting as a strategy was traditionally just on off um, without like bid multipliers on a specific time of day or a specific day of week. And again, the it's easy to do that if you're just guessing with limited data, but for the first time you have precision within that data in which you can very, very clearly see when CPCs are rising, when conversion rates are rising, and when people are buying your products. So we're jumping 
opportunity. We want all of our customers, all of our agency customers to jump on this opportunity because we believe that those that are able to do so will drive, you know, this isn't about saving a couple pennies on cost on, on pay-per-click on, on CPCs, but rather this is fundamentally changing your advertising strategy such that your sales might be able to, and the early data we've seen increase by 20 to 30% in some instances, if you're able to re really action it. And that's because I can see that, you know, between three and 5 p.m., I'm converting at a higher percentage and then I can shift more budgets there and make my advertising like that much more efficient across products and um, keywords on, on a keyword level and product level and, and really further optimize. But, but part part. So I want to kind of confirm that. And then at the same time, the engine itself won't be doing it. It's basically you're going to get those insights. And then based on those insights, you will be able to take uh, certain actions within the tool. Yeah, that's exactly. So you nailed it on exactly the strategy that you're hoping to employ. So our initial iteration into this is be able to very simply create bid multipliers on any given hour, time of day and create a schedule. Uh, the, ne the next iteration into that is we'll have our incredible data science and machine learning team provide suggested schedules for you that you can then adopt, implement, or edit on your own accord. And then the further uh, the further evolution of that is, you know, pressing one button that says turn on intraday optimization. That's going to require a significant amount of testing that we hope to release sometime later on this year. But that's the way we're thinking about using this product. And then the other thing that you mentioned is uh, – the impactful thing is placements is also in there as well. So you're able to see, for example, everyone knows the power of top of search, right? So yeah. you're able to then see placement data and adopt a top of search push campaign strategy based on the placement data. And the other thing that we have is uh, we're, we, uh, we have scraping data on an hourly basis. So now you have this marriage of advertising performance data on an hourly basis, and you have scraping data on an hourly basis. So you have this perfect world of being able to see when people buy, and you have this perfect world of being able to see how the search page looks at every single point of the day. So you know, we're, we're the, most of the people listening are sellers, but for the folks that are brands in particular in which share of voice is a really important metric and your agency might be reporting on share of voice, you know, your agency might be using a tool that only scrapes Amazon one to two times a day. And anyone that's searched Amazon at varying times a day knows that there are significant variances in the data every time you search. So unless, the more times that you scrape and the more times that data the greater you're going to be accurate and the greater you're going to be able to have an advertising strategy. So if we talk about your agency, you know, if you're talking to a brand who cares about share of voice, you're now unlocked with this incredible, powerful data set that few other agencies have in which you're actually able to report on time of day share of voice for specific slots on uh, top of search. You're able to execute strategy on an basis and you're able to back it up with real data and not just hypothesis hypotheses taking in disparate data sets that don't really tell you the full story so we we think that you know if the narrative of the past years you know maybe 2020 sponsored brands was the big talk of the town and then a little bit of dsp 2021 sponsored display was a big theme going on i think the theme of 2022 is going to be intraday and any advertiser or their agency that's not adopting intraday optimization strategies is going to be left behind. And uh, we're really excited to roll this out to our customers in the very near future. So, so a couple of things. This is uh, this is a must listen to episode if if you're in the advertising space, and uh, you know you may not want to send it to your competitors, but but send it to your friends. Um, and two, um, you're you're assuming that uh, the listeners here are not the top Fortune 100, um, Adam, when you when you when you say most most are sellers of the of the show. Sorry, what was I said, I said, you said most are sellers and some are brands, but you're, you're assuming, you're assuming the top fortune 100 are, are not, are not the current. You're, in, you're, a, you're a big guy, man. You're a big guy in this space. You never know the, the <laughs> world's true. largest brands and the world's largest agencies That's should right. be listening to what you have to say, because 
few people are as knowledgeable in this space than you. So Jeff, Jeff is probably on that on that mega yacht that they have to tear tear down a bridge in, in London in in order to go through. Uh, li- listening right now. There you go. So uh, great. I mean, this was this was really uh, excellent uh, information in terms of you know I think for those that have heard of Perpetua but didn't know a little bit more of the inner, inner workings, got, got a chance to, to meet Adam, who's been there uh, kind of since, since the early days um, and actually was, was VP of growth and recently became co-president of, of the company. I've worked very, very closely with, uh, with Adam and Perpetua for the last few years, um, as well as uh, getting kind of educated in terms of what's coming and why I think, you know, sure, you could use bulk sheets, but the bulk sheets, uh, you know, as far as I know, you're going to need to pull data through the API in order to get access to this, this intraday data. Um, and, and then only certain agencies may have access to certain share of voice data, because if you're scraping hourly, you have to store information and it costs money and you have to, you have to pay for, for that data. Um, Do you know so, a lot of people that still use bulk sheets out of curiosity? Is that still a thing? Yes. I mean, there are, I mean, there are agencies that, that run on, on bulk sheets um, and there are sellers that run on bulk sheets. And to be honest, I think there are sellers that have been disappointed by the software solutions. And as a result, went back to bulk sheets because they said, I don't have control in the software and I want more control. And the way they've gotten more of that control is through manual and not giving up control to a software. And so I think a lot of what you spoke about here about sort of Perpetua's evolution from AI to like just empowering you, giving you more control in the tool is uh, I think what more of the advanced sellers that want to do it themselves really need in order to give that trust over to, uh, you know, to, to a company um, and an agency like myself also is looking for, because we, we also want to have control in terms of trying to deliver on what, what our, um, you know, what our, what our clients are, are trying to do. And a lot of the tools out, out there are, are like, as you said, sort of a black box that, you know, um, is really limiting the, the amount of control you have once you have the software and, and sellers need to make this decision sometimes between like, am I going to put in more manual work on the one hand and spend a lot more time doing it? Or am I going to give it over to a software and get the benefit of some time savings, but I'm really kind of giving up this control. Um, you know, but but I think Perpetual has done a good job to kind of be, in some sense, the best of both, you know, uh, automation and, and control and where you're moving more towards to. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that I want this to be just a praise fest in which I'm bigging up Inventum and you're bigging up Perpetua, this whole chat. But, you know, one of the things that I think is most impressive of your agency is that compared to even most agencies that use our product is that you and your team have deeply understood exactly how our product works and you do whatever you can to manipulate it and almost break it in (laughs) the way and way you hope to desire to execute the advertising strategy that you want. And I think that, that that's where might get lost in uh, in tools and in our tool is when you don't put in that time to deeply understand the product, you might feel disempowered, you might feel paralyzed, and you might not really know how it works. And you put your hands up and you say, I'm out. And to your credit, you and your team have done an, a very, very good job of deeply understanding our product. And, you know, that's something that we work on very heavily as well. So we have like a, a, it's a, an education center called ad school that shows people how to use our products some advanced strategies in our product. And, you know, the other thing that we've really invested very heavily in is our customer success team. And as someone told me, you know, sales wins games, but customer success wins championships. Mm-hmm. And I, I deeply, deeply believe that our customer success team is absolutely incredible. They are advisors, strategists, consultants, deeply analytical people that will tell people that will tell our end customers how to use our product. They won't do the product themselves because mm-hmm. we're not a managed service, but how to use our product and be true partners in, in, uh, in those, in that agency success. And that's something that we have invested in. If we get back to this trade desk example, you know, that's how trade desk won the customer success team created this incredible feedback loop to product, to customers, and they were able to build the best possible product that people loved. And, 
And, and that's what we really hope to achieve is we hope to create this amazing feedback loop between customer success product and our customers in which everyone is very, very committed at being the best possible end user of our product and adapting the product to achieve those, the use cases that that user wants. And, and there's a lesson here for, for everybody, right? In terms of listening to this, who are brands, who are sellers, you know, read every review, right? Like get feedback, read, you know, find out what people are saying in your, in your messages around customer service around your product, right? In, in the same exact way, the, the, the people who win on Amazon are not people who made a product and never iterated on that product ever again. There are people who make the product, read the reviews, iterate on the product, iterate on the product, and, and, and they win because they are doing the same kind of thing, right? Like any, any business, you really want to listen to your customer. I would say Amazon is one example of someone that's done that and, and even be able to anticipate what your customers will want, right? Like Jeff Bezos says, you know, consumers are inherently dissatisfied. So Amazon went to prime shipping, two-day shipping, and then implemented one-day shipping, right? There wasn't anyone screaming for one-day shipping, but they know just like we can make more satisfied customers by listening and kind of getting getting so good, we can kind of um, anticipate what what they what they may want to see. And I think that's how you win uh, with any with any business or or any uh, or any brand and how you can differentiate yourself from your uh, from your uh, uh, competitors. Um, Adam, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. How do people follow Thank you, you. Or, or get more, more information? I'm, I'm in places. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter. You can find me wherever I usually, if you follow my Twitter account, it's usually suggesting trades for the Toronto Raptors or <laughs> talking about basketball or sharing pictures of my baby. But on LinkedIn, I'm a little bit more professional and anyone can go to perpetua.io, uh, hit us up. We're all at the chat. Um, would love to show you what we've been up to over the past few years because we're really excited uh, about some of our most recent releases and we think this year is going to be a big year for us. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, for coming on and uh, you know maybe we'll have an update later this year talking about some of the learnings that we've seen from things like Intraday and some of the things that are that are rolling out. I think it'll be uh, exciting to see what happens and the, the case studies that you know that we put together. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have not written a review on Apple Podcasts, would love a review there or on Spotify. I will see you on the next episode of the e-commerce mindset podcast.